You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is the Seven Foundations Class Number Five. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Please give another round of applause to the Lord. Amen. Wow, I don't know about you, but I sense a, a, a strong presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit in our midst today, beginning with the in-person uh, 8 a.m. Uh, prayer meeting. And uh, it has been a hybrid online and, you know, not, not enough uh, people in the room. And I just feel like, you know, I, I gave this illustration before. It's like during the week, Monday to Saturday, each of us, hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, we are like a, a charcoal that, are, you know, there's heat because we're reading God's Word, we're in, in prayer, we're talking to God. We, we, we practice the five Christian essential, right? Hearing God's voice, loving God's Word, talking to God, prayer, talking to other fellowship, and then sharing about God's love to others. And if, as we practice that, we are like, a, you know, a, a, a charcoal that heated. But when we come together on Sunday as a corporate worship, like a body of Christ, it's like, poo. It's like all the child come together and it's a fire. And then the, you was using the Old Testament analogy will be like a, you know, a, a barbecue, a, a living sacrifice. There will be a, a pleasing aroma you know, to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So... Uh, we continue with our series of the foundation class. And yesterday we covered two lessons, lesson number three and lesson number four. And uh, it's about water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you miss those and you'd like to, to watch it again, uh, there's a live uh, stream link. It's, you can, by the way, for some of you uh, are text uh, challenges, live stream link, you can rewatch, okay? You can rewatch because some of you told me, Pastor, I, I, I was not at the time, so I cannot watch it. No, it means the link is there, so it's just store on the channel. And um, now, um, today we continue with lesson number five. And um, after the service, if you like to have a hot copy, uh, talk to one of our usher and get your name down so that we don't want to bring, you know, Excessively, uh, you just bring enough for those who need it. A soft copy is always available in our app, in our channel. It's called FC Dash A Lesson, Min Foundation Class Lesson. And so, if you haven't joined our Discord server, uh, I highly, uh, strongly encourage you to join because there's a lot of activity and communication there. Okay? So, um, <coughs> lesson number five. And. Um, before I, um, I say anything, uh, I just want, you know, sometimes pastor, uh, as a pastor and as a husband, as a father, sometimes I forget to say, you know, uh, I love you to my wife and love you to my, uh, my boy. And sometimes I for forget to say I love you, church, right? And so, uh, uh, so you, you wonder, say, oh, pastor, the message is going to be very severe, so that's why you want to, you know, preempt. Um, and I said, uh, probably, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I can tell you this, you know, as uh, responding to the call of God and to, to full-time pastor, uh, and beginning 2012, uh, 2012, I came back from Singapore, 
And, you know, um, uh, I, I, unless, unless uh, you know, you love the Lord and you love his people, you don't want to serve them. <laughs> you can't serve someone if you <laughs> not like them, right? Uh, but as a pastor, sometimes you have no choice, you know. <laughs> as a pastor, as a father, you know, I not always 99, you know, like always like some of my children' behavior, my, my boy's behavior, uh, or even my wife sometimes, right? Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Sometimes I hate my own behavior as well, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't love them. So uh, whatever that uh, the Lord is going to speak to you through this scripture that laid out in this uh, lesson number five, uh, just just take time to reflect and 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 uh, you know talk to the Lord and see if anything that you need to change or being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. All right. Uh, the um, lesson is uh, uh, entitled "Being Added to the Ch- Being Added to the Church." And uh, I just keep it, uh, you know, seven. I call it the seven. So it's helped us to, uh, whatever that you forget, you can remember the seven. Uh, uh, scientists said that, you know, if you the list go more than seven, people can't remember. Right? Usually remember them one, two, three. So the traditional sermon usually three points because for the the lack of, you know, the attention span of our modern modernity and life and life. So in the ancient, they can stay for one, two, three hours in discourse, and they have full attention because there are no other media distracted. I, I, I pray for those who are listening to sermon and still check Facebook, uh, you know, and check news and all of that. Uh, uh, you know, I forgive you. I, I re- repent, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, if you need to sleep, uh, you know, feel free to sleep. Uh, because, uh, but just don't make noises, okay? Um, you know, that was uh, how gracious I can be, okay? Uh, now, uh, the next, can I move to the next slide, please? Um, next one, yes, the seven being added to church. Um, the, um, I can tell you this, a lot of Christians going to church, but not many of them being added to church. This is one of the lacking in, in the modern day churches. Reason being because nobody teach them so. I can tell you that, that before I came to this church, I never heard about this. I thought a church is like, you know, a spiritual club. You know, some people go there and they get a spiritual feel. And they got the service. It's like you go to the restaurant, you're hungry, you, you want that piece of food. You go to that restaurant, you got the order. There's somebody bring out the food for you. You eat, you got your fix, you got your fill. Thank you, bye-bye, you pay. All right, then you go. And then the next week that you say you like different food, you're going to go to different restaurant. Sometimes Christian in general around the world treat the church of God, the body of Christ, in a consumer consumerism manner. It's like you consume it, you pay, you go to the shell and get done deal. There is no uh, a deep relationship with the body. So, uh, you know, if you go to a restaurant, some of you are obviously don't have time, just eat the food. If a good service, five star, pay, some tips, then done deal. I come back perhaps, but it's not good, complain. Um, if it's so bad, 
you, you go online and you do cancel culture, say this shop is this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And then you got the whole rah, and then you feel your entitlement to service. Now, those who've been in the Christendom, the worst meaning that you have been Christians for so long, <laughs> since you've been from childhood, it's, it's supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be a blessing. Meaning that, that you brought it from some of the Ignitine here, some of the children. Consider yourself a blessing from the Lord that you was raised and brought up in a Christian home. Now, but I also warn you, Ignitine, because unless you own that faith, you will not grow in the Lord. The minute that you leave your home for college, the whole world is come upon you, is bombardment of media, peer pressure, all of that. And then you might lose the connection with the Lord and even connection with the church. Because you think, if you think that it's just taking for granted that you come to church, oh, my parents, you know, they went, so I just have to follow, no choice. And, and so, so when you go to college or move to different countries or other part of the of region, then you just feel like, yeah, freedom. I can sleep on Sunday. I can do whatever I want as long as I do a, I do a, a, a call, at, you know, a spiritual check. Like, uh, have you read the Bible? Have you faith? And some people say, yeah, you know, I, I bump sometimes with people who used to be our, our church member. I bump on the street and they say, Pastor, don't worry. I do a, I do a test. You know, like you do a, a, a math test. I do a spiritual check. Like, you know, it's one page per question. I answer all of that. And I got, you know, good grade. And, uh, you know, I should be okay. This teaching of Scripture is tell you that a lot of people can go to church, but they're not being added to church. What's the difference? The difference is if you go into church and you just consume what it is, like it's good for you. Maybe the food, like you go to a restaurant, you eat, yeah, good, satisfied. But it's totally different when you know the chef there, when you know the staff there, when you talk to them there, they know you, they come, yeah, this is what you want, right? And, and that's that the whole different kind of, of experience when you know the chef, you know the staff, you treat them well, and, and even, you know, come to some restaurant, even know like, hey, you know, I saw you busy, it's a home run, can I help just clean the table here? You know, I saw, you know, I eat later, I, I clean this, and, and they kind of, it's just beautiful in a sense that you get not just what, what you can get, but actually what you can contribute. So being added to church is God's desire and God's plan for Christian Christ follower in order that you call yourself a Christian, meaning that you are Christ follower and you belong to Christ's body, and that's called the church. The church is not an institution. The church is, biblically speaking, is the body of Christ. Now, historically speaking, during the, the um, probably after the 5th century, or I guess maybe the crusade, um, so what the, the century of the crusade is... Uh, 16? No. 10. 10th century. The crusade. Uh, so, so that is institutionalized Christianity. Which means that if you are a citizen of this country, you must be Christian. Institutionalize it so that people, yeah, yeah uh, whatever, if you have ID, fill in, yeah, Christian, Christian, Christian. Even though you have no idea about Christ. 
So the minute that faith, the word of God, the relationship with Jesus become an institution, that wears everything fall apart in terms of there was no true, authentic, open, genuine relationship with the Lord. You just follow an institutionalized building structure hierarchy. Are you still with me? I can tell you what, it's still other church being institutionalized. You might go to the church, you don't have personal relationship with that pastor, that some people call priests, uh, deacon, elders, uh, the people who sit next to you the next week could be different. One, because maybe also because big church, you move to a different seat. Two, maybe you move different churches because you think it's just like a spiritual club or restaurant. There is no relationship with Christ and his body. Now, picture this. If we have, we all have one body, the physical body. You know, our ear in the right place. I mean, uh, no offense to those who are born with deformity. Uh, you know, the Lord, Lord loves you. Uh, you know, it's not because your sin or someone's sin, even though we're all sinners. Uh, Jesus deal with that. Some man born blind, and it is for the glory of God. So if you're born with some sort of physical deformity, no shame, no guilt, no offense about it, but God's love you. But let's say just an energy as Paul used in, in as a, a, the, the body of Christ. Why use the body of Christ? Because everybody can relate to it. Everybody can relate to it. It's never the Bible talk about, you know, oh, yes, you should join this institution. It's the body of Christ. And I tell you this. This is the most beautiful thing. The church is the only entity that's where the heavenly intertwine with the earthly. There's no other place on earth has that. Even you work in a Christian company, association, it's different. You have, still you have, of course, as a runner's company, you have a bit of structure. you got manager. you got all of that. All the staff of Christian, but nothing like that. Because it's not defined by the Bible that a Christian company is a church. A church is the body of Christ. Where you got broken bones, where you got skins, you know, skin off. We got bleeding, you know, like you got accident. You got, you got some, uh, you know, inflammation in the body. You, you got the, the body of Christ is like, you know, like exactly literally when people see the body of Christ crucified. You got, you know, be, bitten on the back. You, you, you got the suffering. You got all of that. The church is not a place to select the elite. It's not a, it's not a show, show club that is only whether the rich or the, the, the high class can come. The church is the body of Christ where every walks of light can come and get a taste of God's goodness and get to know Jesus and their light change and their light transform. The, the, the church is the body of Christ where, where you know, the shoulder and, and the arms and all connected and you know, in the right place, in the functioning. It's not paralyzed. It's not being crippled. The church of God should be fully functioning and strengthened. It requires each member to know their place and to know their significance in the body of Christ. And that's what the church of Christ is supposed to be. But over history, over, over you know, the course of history, because people treat the church as an institution. I go to university. Even university, people make commitment. I, I, I can enroll to 10 universities, 
But the minute I receive five letters of acceptance, I, I have to make a choice. You know, I can say, hey, uh, I just want five. I go one here, one here, one here. Every It doesn't work that way in, in, in the real sense, in the, in the reality. But sometimes people treat, treat the church of God like that. I go this Sunday, if it's good, it's, it, I go. If it's not good, your know, pastor is boring, I move to other church. Other church, it gets exciting, but it's, it repeats the same thing, so I move to other church. And the pandemic, the, the online, make people easy to do that too. I got a, a friend who was uh, a bit surprised to me because she seemed very mature. She very, you know, been a Christian for a long time. And the minute of pandemic go on, everybody go online and kind of, it, it, it just make a comment and say, yo, now we can be a, you know, uh, join the global church. What it meant is that he joined the largest church where they have all the facility where that, you know, you, at, at a fingertip you can worship here and there. You can move different channels and you feel like you're in the world of, of you know, worship. The Bible tells us the church of God is both global, both universal as the body of Christ, universal, but it's also local. Most of the letters in the New Testament not written for the universal church. <laughs> it's written to the local church. That's why the church in Corinth, the church in Philippi, the church in Thessalonica, is regional to specific with name, with, with location. Now, because they don't spell out the coordinates and you know, the location address, it just gives the region because not so many then. It's just like, yeah, you go to that region, there's one church. It used to be our church, and we found it, uh, the pastor found it got by God's grade in 1997. And this year we celebrate 25th anniversary in September. And uh, people come, this is uh, Pastor Eric before, he shared with me, and I know people come and say, Pastor, yes, you know, thank you for the service today. It was wonderful. Um, I might see you in a few weeks uh, because, you know, I need to uh, check out a few other church. And if, uh, if, if the Lord's willing, I come back to your church. And, you know, uh, and people say, yeah, see you next week. Because there are no other church in town. <laughs> we are the only one. The first international congregation was founded uh, after the war ended in 1975. So 1997 is pretty early. Uh, and so out of that, then, you know, by God's sovereignty, with, with sometimes with tears and sweat, you know, uh, there will be some breaking up, there's some split. So all international church, not, not boasting, but just a fact, all international church in town are somewhat come out of our church. They, whether it's different group, different uh, ethnic group, they want to start their own. Uh, and, and um, you know, and so this is the church that, that keep teaching the foundation class that right, because we got water baptism. Because I shared with the, the, the class yesterday that we used to have people, uh, the major, uh, you know, by that time, Pastor Eric can speak Vietnamese, he passed sea level, uh, meaning that he can make, you know, barely make Vietnamese, but understandable. And, uh, you know, uh, and he's keep improving good. So uh, we have a, a foundation class in Vietnamese. He spoke in Vietnamese and uh, also in English, uh, other classes. And then we got people baptized, uh, let's say 10. But next week, they only, you know, like four or five left and come to church. Because sometimes people have an idea like, yeah. I got a spiritual certification. Back then we have a certification, take photos, and written you know, in English for Vietnamese, a certification written in English. Even they don't understand, but it's good. Even it's good. You know, it's good. You can bring to... Uh, I, I can tell you what, our church in Cambodia, uh, you know, uh, when they have a certification, a baptism, certification of uh, studying English, they can get a job easy. 
because they, they speak English, they have the English. So that's why our church in, in Cambodia also reaching out, you know, free classes, free English class, free computer science, free office, you know, uh, uh, skill, and so that they can get a job. That's to to build up the community there. And and right after um, the 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 Pol Pot, the uh, the the war, the, after the NATO withdrawal, and then you know were there, the church were there, founded. Uh, we have medical center there. We have a lot of things that we can do there. But and say, uh, uh, in Cambodia, is a different is different than Vietnam. So Vietnam is very very strict and uh, in many ways. So uh, we only have one church, you know, since 1997. But Cambodia, we have, I think, probably over 100 now, spread out through the region, in rural area in different part of of Cambodia. The same with Indonesia. Um, being at a church is one of the things that. A lot of people don't pay attention because they think that, you know, they, the, especially the international congregation, they think this is a halfway house. And, and for, 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 for the sake of history, because Pastor Eric named it, uh, you know, New Life Fellowship. So in, the, in, the, in, the, in people's mind, they think that it's just a fellowship. Comes and go. If I like, it's convenient. I come. I, I fellowship a bit. I don't like. I go to other. But it's the church. The reason that <laughs> that they use worship because they don't want to bring attention to the authority. You know, like new light church, a church, foreigner, American. You know, and and so from the start, I literally I know from the start, and all our church planting movement, we always uh, pass to the. Uh, uh, indigenous, uh, you know, people. So which means, in this case, Pastor Eric, disciple, and hope that you know God bring a Vietnamese, and here we are. So I am the only Vietnamese pastoring the international congregation in the country. The rest, there will be expat and other, uh, you know, from uh, sometimes they don't consider Vietnamese a being international community for some of them, right? <laughs> but thank God that you are here, right? <laughs> thank God that you are here, and 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 sometimes it's this. You are here because you already have a certain degree of commitment, okay? Uh, this message is, might not for you because you already committed and say, oh, pastor, I speak something that obvious. Yeah, but there are a lot of people around you. Could be some friend, could be those who are watching online. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. I want to go to the scripture, a few scripture here. Um, next slide, series. Oh, why? Why? Why have to teach you? Because it's the lacking of, of understanding and nobody... Pay attention to this. I, I remember I talked to someone and said, Pastor, this is the first time I heard. I've been to, you know, to travel and been in a different country and never heard about somebody teaching about being added to church. I just think that, yeah, if I convenient, it's, uh, it's, uh, I go to this church. And that week I travel, I go to that church. You know, like, like it's, it's an option. It's available for me. It's like a buffet. I just choose this, choose that, whatever. So here's the reason why. All right, next slide. Number one, we want to teach people commitment. Life is about commitment. For those who are single, um, I can tell you, you learn commitment to, you know, with, from, from home, you learn commitment to come, unless you're a dysfunctional home, uh, commitment to come to the dinner table, eat together with the family, uh, commitment to wake up at a certain time, go to school, commitment, you know, do some certain homework and submit. If you don't, then there's a big, con you know, reap consequences. Uh, you graduated, then you go to work. There's a commitment. Uh, you know, you go to university, the same. Uh, when you, uh, you got brought together with a marriage, all the more you learn commitment, because it's, it's, if there's no commitment in marriage, it's past the honeymoon time. It's gonna be a broken marriage, usually. This is no commitment. 
the husband that he's still a, you know, a boy, right? You know, yeah. You know, before I got married, after work, I you know, after work I visit, you know, with my friend, hang out, have a couple of glass of beer, you know, we chill and we drink. And then by the time my wife prepare dinner, uh, if it's good dinner, I come home. If it's not good, I hang out with my friend until late night, ten. You know, after marriage, you know, I have a bit good of sex, I have a bit good of this. Uh, my wife served me as a servant, and so that's good. I pay her, then I go home uh, whenever. I want it. I can't speak for all, but some of Vietnamese husbands think like that. A wife is a home to serve, take care of the children, and they hang out with other girls. They hang out with other, other men's club, others, uh, you know, their boys' hood. They never grow up to become a man. It's always boys' hood. They go back to the football club or other club, and uh, it's broken marriage. I can tell you, I, uh, over, I mean, both the West and, and Southeast Asian, the, the rate of uh, divorce is, 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 is you know, rising. Uh, the, the, the rate of a broken home is, is, is rising as well. Uh, single mom, single dad, uh, you know, children, uh, uh, MIA, missing in action parents, they, they're there, but they're not there for the children. It's just rampant. The church suffer a great deal of that as well. Because people don't learn commitment. The minute I I, uh, I I got saved me in this church, my Sunday is non-negotiable day. Unless I go to hospital. Unless uh, really a flight and I need to fly out. I can tell you, not 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 bragging. Uh, the minute uh, you know, even as single, I. Uh, I was just being discipled by the church, and I just got touched me. I just want to be in three services in the church, morning, 8 a.m., uh, 10 a.m., 5 p.m. services, and I still don't feel enough. I hang out with people in the church, and, you know, uh, I got saved 2000, so about I'm still, I said I'm still young, 20, 25 uh, years old, 23, right? 22 years old, still young. Still young in the Lord, and a long way to go. Um, and um, I, can, I can testify many of people here in our team, uh, the minute that God touched their heart, they decided to stay, uh, they will commit to the church. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for those even stay far, like Galvup, District 12, uh, you know, District 2, where there is probably is convenient to go nearby. I thank God for that. I don't need to feel good about myself, but I thank God for your faithfulness, for your commitment, because in life, if you know one word that's sought quite a lot of trouble in your life is commitment. Yeah? Second thing I want to teach to being added to the church, the second point is corporate worship. Corporate worship is, um, for those who are second, you know, uh, English is your second language, uh, for those Vietnamese, corporate is nothing to do with the company, okay? Corporate. Corporate meaning just come together, right? It's just, uh, it just like this, uh, called corporate worship. It's just come together, not you worship home alone. Uh, you can call it, you know, uh, come together worship or worship together, okay? Uh, why we have to teach it? Because a lot of people think that corporate worship uh, together is an option. If I feel good, I come. If I don't feel good, I don't come. It's only option. 
If I don't have to do interesting, anything interesting on my to-do list on Sunday, I come. And on your calendar, it's never be about cross out non-negotiable Sunday. It's negotiable. If a good call from a good friend call, hey, you know, you want to hang out after, you know, those single, you want to hang out this morning, we go this and this and that, church cancel, join the party. I'm not saying is, is that if you need to have to travel on Sunday in order to plan for a break with your family or even a retreat to yourself, then plan properly. Meaning look at your calendar, not come like by the last minute call your friend. If you intentionally to do that, then I can use a practical tip. Okay, look at your calendar. Okay, uh, I work really hard. I need some retreat, a time myself, my, uh, myself alone. Uh, in prayer, I, I look at the calendar, I think summer is good, this is the date, and I, I want to pencil down, and I, I do all the proper prepare, I will communicate to the pastor, people around me say, yeah, I'm going to plan my silent retreat, I love that, I need, I need spiritual you know, nourishment and time alone with God, wonderful, wonderful, but not act like, hey, you know, you have nothing to do on Sunday, come join us, I tell you what, it is, for me, it's because I was birthed out, born out, born again this church. I got a bit of, of, of when I joined this church, I got people who were more, more, more mature than me, been the Lord a long time, um, you know, don't think twice, even skip Sunday for running. Nothing to do name, but I have to be specific that, you know, the most famous one is back then, is still today, is, uh, is Terry Fox or something? Is Terry Fox running? Yeah, run for charity, you know, for the Lord. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they just, they, they just, you know, it's about choice. It's about waiting. If, if Terry Fox is, is this, then you make priority. In life, we only have one slot. And I tell you what, the whole world, not just Vietnam, the whole world is trying to competing to get your attention on the weekends. The business, the shopping, the whole commercial industry try to get in your brain during the week by advertising, by promotion, by bombardment to media just to get your attention so that you can make decisions on the weekends. It, in order for a country to boost a certain economy, they need to encourage the, uh, the, the, the people to spend more. And so they even give extra holiday so that people can make the spending. <laughs> this is true. Because of, like in the case of Vietnam, used to be less holiday. <laughs> but they make more holiday. They have to think of something to make more holiday because people stay home, they save, and they don't <laughs> the economy is not boosting. And, and in other, you know, well-developed countries, same. You need to spend on this, you spend on this, so boosting economy. So I tell you what, back to the Sunday, a lot of competition to get your attention. The choice is yours. Okay? Corporate worship, non-negotiable for me. Uh, the border is open, just head start. Um, you know, so this is planning. So I got invitation uh, to speak uh, in Singapore, Pastor William Church, and also a wedding of his son. So I supposed to officiate the wedding, but I think that you know, 
if anything last minute change is not safe for them. So I, I just attend and kind of preach in Singapore for Sunday, uh, 1st of May, uh, that Sunday. Um, and uh, we will broadcast back live stream here uh, for us uh, May. So that's planning. I just confirmed with them because I just looked at the, uh, you know, the flights and the, the restriction uh, in Singapore are removed. It's easy. It just needs pre-flight uh, test. It's just simple, quick test. And so I'll be there uh, because I've been long not visiting uh, in the region, a New Life Fellowship of Churches in the region for so long. So this country is the first, the first country uh, I'm going to go out of Vietnam after the pandemic. So yeah, so do keep uh, me in prayer, especially for them. If they're planning out, if they cannot come, then maybe heartbroken for them. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, but I tell you, corporate worship is non-negotiable for me, personally, pastorally speaking. I, I just have to pray and hope. No, 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 no shame, guilt, you know, pressure on you. But just think about that. All right, number three. Um, staying for years. Staying for years means like, usually Pastor Eric and myself, after becoming a pastor, I tell people, like, take your time. You know, take even two, three, four weeks, five weeks, but don't too long, like, you know, two months, like eight weeks. Explore, you know, connect, mingle, and see if this church is fit for you. If this church is, is, is uh, you know, is, is, uh, is feeding your soul, is this church have a good community that you can connect to, you know, try out. But once you decide it, stay committed. Stay for years because those who stay for years and planning, want to say years, like if you contract six months, committed to six months, make friends six months, don't, don't treat it as, you know, as just temporal. I don't want to waste time on making any good relationship. If a one-year contract, then make it one year. Staying for a year because we, we believe that when we, with the Lord put together, we want supposed, supposedly to be a lifelong friendship. Okay? Uh, I can tell you as an as a international congregation, it's just sometimes difficult because people move in, move out, move to travel all the world, distant costs, you know, sometimes the absent of, out of mind, out of, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but I tell you, I, I have some relationship that keep for years um, because of... Both parties make an intention <laughs> to keep it. Not cannot just one party. You know. If you keep asking your friend, you know, how are you doing? They don't want to talk. Then okay, you have to drop it because you know, otherwise you're annoying them. But I tell you, the Lord wants us to make a long-term relationship, friendship. And the most beautiful thing is that friendship, relationship is birthed out in the spiritual covering and the connection in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, in the church, okay? Uh, you can have good friends somewhere else. But as I said, you might have good friend, non-believing good friend, but you just have social interaction. You just have human interaction, but not fellowship. Because fellowship only happens between two believers. We learn about that in the other class, the other lesson, all right? Number four, uh, church hopping. Uh, to teach about, you know, commitment uh, being added to the church is that because we want to prevent somebody. Sometimes people do unintentionally. Like very, very good, you know, unintentionally with good intention. Hi, Pastor. Thank you. You know, I, I see you, you know, next month because this coming week, I got to attend event at this church. There'll be a good speaker coming in this, you know. Uh, or next week after that, I go travel on the one. I have another church, you know. It's all good. A uh, week follow that, I join online event. I'm going to attend this. So in, in that case, the people who are church hopping, there's no accountability. 
There's no accountability. Nobody knows what they're doing. They just want to be highly spiritualized Christian and, you know, feel good about themselves. Nobody's checking on them. Nobody knows their character because when you stay for a year in one church, thing comes out. <laughs> for those who married, right, you know, after the pastor went, I didn't know that he's like that, you know. And then the guy's like, oh, I didn't know that my beautiful ladies I married like that, you know. Uh, so people are like, I don't know the pastor is like that, you know. And then the pastor is like, I don't know that person I trusted like that. Things came out. Stuff comes out. If you stay for a year, if you're helping, everything's beautiful. Keep the status quo. It, the, the, the pastor, Eric, used the analogy of butterfly. You butterfly here. You go into the beautiful flower, take some sap of the flower, fly over there, take some sap. And, and I, 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 I use uh, the frog. Sorry. I use the frog. It's hopping. <laughs> hopping. Jumping. Right? <laughs> Maybe Asian context. <laughs> um, so this is why we teach, because people have this uh, tendency. Okay? Number five. Uh, getting along with others, just talk about that, right? Pastor, I've been to your church, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful messes, wonderful community. I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoy so much, and, but just a few people, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, not the way that, you know, in, back in my home country. Hello, it's not in your home country. <laughs> the, some people leave me long enough, they have a, a, an acronym, an acronym, TIV, you know that, TIV? TIV, like not C'est la vie, you know, C'est la vie, not, this is TIV, this is Vietnam, TIV. And uh, so just to get used to it. Uh, also, you know, it's, it's like the analogy I often use is, this is coffee, I cannot spill on here. But imagine, um, you know, this is, a, the, I can tell you, the bottle has, uh, has uh, some liquids inside, right? This is coffee. And um, what happened if I, I, I shake it? What, what, what will happen? Can you guess? Huh? Can you guess? The coffee will come out, right? Spill out, right? And then I ask you why the coffee comes out. Because I shake it? Logical reasoning, because I shake it. But actually, if I finish all drinking the coffee, if I shake all the more, will anything come out? No. So when stuff come out, usually Christians say, yeah, because that person shake me. That person's so annoying. Ask a very difficult and uncomfortable question like, how old are you? Where is your address? Can you give me your phone number? By the way, how much you earn? How much that piece of clothes that you wear, how much does it cost? Beautiful handbag. Can you lend it to me? <laughs> if you're in Vietnam and get intimate with some Vietnamese, those questions will come out. Um, but just in case, cultural, uh, for those who are new here, if you meet a Vietnamese colleague in your workplace, ask you how much you earn, that's normal. Just tell them that I earn as much as you earn. <laughs> that's the same way. <laughs> I got a few number with a few zero. You want the zero? I can give you some zero. <laughs> um, getting along with each other in the church is um, it's a process. It's a work in progress, you know. Uh, Sometimes people before coming to this church, they already have certain bias, whether racial bias or cultural bias, meaning they have bad experience in, with certain ethnic group or certain country. 
you know, like, if people, I can tell you this, if people, I got friends from overseas, visit Ho Chi Minh City, the first day, they got robbed. Their handbag, everything robbed. They had super bad experience with Vietnam. Therefore, the tendency subconsciously, ah, all of this Vietnamese, you know. Ah, I mean, beautiful country. They robbed my, uh, my wife's back. I, next week, I got hit by the motorbike. I mean, it's just terrible. I'm out of here. And the next thing that they move to another country, they meet and again another Vietnamese. They can't run away. And they go to the church like this. Here again, a Vietnamese pastor. Here again. You know, I can tell you this. I try my best, humanly speaking. I want to be a good host. If you have any bad experience with Vietnamese, just remember I'm here, okay? I'm here as to bring is any ease or comfort for you, okay? I know that living as an expat, a lot of challenges, right? Like I, I know Singapore is almost like the, the, the good country in the region, but still a lot of challenges when I live there, right? You don't think that, oh, yeah, you live in a Singapore, it's beautiful, it's, it's nice. No, it is a lot of challenges as most of the country they have, even in America, even in, in the nice place. Milan or Rome, you, you still have a lot of challenges. Getting along with each other, talk about more about your character rather than other people's stuff, okay? So the Lord put you here for the reason so your character needs to be shaped, needs to be equipped, needs to be trained, needs to be corrected. You, are you still with me? All right, moving along. There's the next one. There will be... Church discipline. This is nobody like discipline. Okay, can you say church discipline? discipline. I love it. Only a few people say I love it. Thank you, Diego. Thank you, Diego. I can testify. Diego loves it. Yeah, I can testify that it's just, you know, it's just true. Um, In the um, in the dark ages, in the ancient, uh, uh, sometimes the word discipline in is with the same sentence with the church, it's just scary. Because I tell you why, historically speaking, the, the Roman Catholic Church during that day, it used a power of both political power and then scriptural power to bring charges of somebody against them. So we go to the dark ages and they discipline people in just a very harsh, severe, non-biblical way. Even the priests would suffer that, those who in... in in, 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 the, in the ministry because, you know, they sin, you're going to whip their back, you know, you'll be isolated in the room, put you in a dungeon. If you try to, to interpret, translate the Bible, like Martin Luther, you'll be, you know, you want to be burned at stake, I mean, on the pole, and they hunt you down because you are witchcraft. So that's going to the history. So the church discipline come not very easy, but throughout the Bible, God only disciplined those that He loves. Children. Same with parents, right? I, I, this is personal, okay? When, when my boys is between uh, 0 to 10 or under 10 or 9, uh, you know, I use the stick little. I use the stick little like, like you're spanking, but with a very instruction and communication, not out of anger. And usually it just prevent, if I have, I, was, I use a newspaper, you know, just make a lot of noise, but, you know, leave no marks, right? Uh, just in case I live in the U.S., <laughs> or Australia. I got, we got arrested and they will call, ah, there will be somebody here you know, hit their kids. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so the discipline is this. It has to be instructive, instructional, has to be loving. 
not, not out of anger or revenge. But church is where I talked about this. If somebody is in a church, let me tell you practical. Somebody sleeping with somebody and sin, commit, expose, pastor confront one, pastor confront two, pastor confront three, bring the elders, bring the deacons, say, yo, you have to stop this activity, you cannot do this, uh, I don't care, uh, you know, uh, it's none of your business, okay. Then we, the, the Bible, Matthew 18 said that, we come and declare to church, that person A, um, we still love them, we still reach out to them as unbeliever, as non-believer they still probably still reach out for them. Now, if they cast spread out, hey, it's okay, yes, yeah, Christian, you know, we can live like this, no problem. Then it's put a stop. You're not welcome here. You can go somewhere else. We still reach out for you as unbeliever. We love you and wait until you got repentance and come back. That discipline. Discipline is about restoration. It's not about so much about punishment. Restoration brings somebody back to Christ. That's church discipline. That's supposed to be. But in reality, sometimes difficult. It's about, especially in Asian contact, face. The minute you got exposed, people have no face to come back. But I tell you what, that's, that's all the more you need the grace of God. The, all the more you understand the doctrine of grace. That's all the more you need the power of Christ. The, all the more you need the, the power of the Holy Spirit. When you sin, you confess, you repent and return. There's no guilt, no shame, and no face. Are you stay with me? So just discipline is biblical and a good thing. Forget about discipline if you don't like it. Restoration to restore somebody. We have a several cases uh, in our church. I'm, I was not involved, but I heard from uh, the, the pastor that, you know, some very severe case, both illegal activity and both something like, you know, um, I, I give you an example. People just keep going around and borrow money. Uh, and telling, you know, a very pitiful story. And sometimes just small, borrow here, some sister, $10, other sister, you know, 100 other people, a couple hundred. Over the years, substantial amount. Pastor didn't know because everybody said, oh, why should I let pastor know? You know, I just have a brother in here. And become, you know, a, a scam in the church. And so pastor confronted the guy, um, uh, the elder come in three times, still remain the behavior. And some people still give it. Um, so, pastor had to make an announcement, um, you know, this person, this name is in our midst, and this is what activity, as, as far as they gather information, you know, over the years, uh, it's a, a lot of money. And, and uh, he's declared unbeliever, and if he come back, uh, he's not welcome unless he repent of his sin. And that's, I saw firsthand, uh, the exercise of church discipline. Uh, it, during my time, thank God I haven't got any case yet, uh, yet, <laughs> any case yet to bring this kind of discipline. But one case uh, close, you know, some, some mischievous uh, 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 behavior, some uh, lustful behavior, uh, uh, and I need to confront it. I bring, uh, if I remember, I bring Jojo, right? I bring Jojo in, and I said, you know, you have to stop this. Warning number one. If you repeat again, warning number two. Warning number three, I will declare it. All right. So thank God that person restore and no more um, sinful behavior. Yeah? Are you still with me? Just a spin about restoration by grace. Okay? Last one. Uh, seven, tithing and offering. You know, as, as a pastor, I'm, I'm very, humanly speaking, I'm very shy to talk about this topic. <laughs> because, like, uh, Pastor, here again, you know. Money, money, must be funny. <laughs> uh, 
but I tell you this is because the Bible talk about it, so I talk about it, okay? The Bible talk about tithing. Is, uh, in the Old Testament, it's one-tenth, 10% of what the income. Right? You read the Old Testament, you saw that one. Uh, the tithing and offering in the New Testament is give as long as it's still needed to all the need are met. So some people argue like, Pastor, no longer 10%. Well, in the Old Testament practice, it's suggestion. Now in the New Testament. Now, you give until all the needs are met in the church, which meaning a lot more. Galatians 6, 6 talk about give until all the needs are met. But I tell you, it's beginning with the heart, like the widows. She gave all she has. But the others one gave, according to the law, 10%. But 10% of them is less than what all she gave, because even though they're richer, but because she gave all of her heart, so Jesus pointed out, yeah, that's widow. So giving, tithing is begin is all about the heart. Relationship. It's totally different you give to a charity. Some people mistakenly this Christian over the year. Like, Pastor, your church is already rich. You got everything, so I give to charity. You give to charity all you want. But the church mandate and being Christian is about to cry. You tithe and you offer. It's like this. Back then, you know, for 24, the reason for 24 is, is 24,000 dong. But later they changed, they want to increase the price, they saw 24, rest, you know, spices. Right? So, so I, I walked in for 24, and back then 24,000 dong is so expensive because I can eat down the road, it's only about seven to 10,000 dong. Pretty much, maybe same quality, not as nice, not as clean. But I walk in, I can say, hey, hey you know, boss, uh, I appreciate what you serve here. Nice, good fur. But I tell you what, down the road is very poor, little fur. I'm not going to pay you. I'm going to pay them. Is that okay? None of us are going to do that in the real world. <laughs> but sometimes people have very spiritual ideas that, oh, yes, I just give more to the charity and the church. You know, that's why the church around the world is being weakened. Being weakened. Because people don't understand the financial commitment to the church. I can tell you, our church, we had, for the record, is, is generous giver. That's why we, we continue to be here today. Because of the early founding group that they are generous. They sacrifice. Not just generous. Sacrifices. I can tell you this. During the pandemic, 2020 until now, because just a few that really believe in this, that our church stands still. Bless the heart of those who give generously. Amen? All right. Having enough? Yeah. All right. I can tell you what. I um, passed the time that I planned. This is the key thing, the seventh thing, but I'm going to explain a little bit uh, here. And then the scripture. Can you please do me this for a favor? Go home, fill the blank, or at least read the Bible verses there. Can you help me do that? Okay. Our next slide. I want to quickly just point out, uh, this is, um, the talk about the church is universal and local, right? So this is a local church, but we are part of the universal church, which means uh, when Christ comes back, He comes back for the universal church because He's the groom and the, all the churches come together as a bride of Christ. But each of the local church. It's, it's, like, it's like the bigger you know, part of being whole and the body. But he, all the Word of God is addressing to the local church. 
Amen? All right, so quick, can you make to the next slide, please? Uh, because the church, you know, Jesus built a church, and the gates of hell cannot, you know, win, overcome it. That's beautiful. Throughout all the history since the first century, everybody tried to suppress the church, kill the church, persecute. All the more is like, you know, booming. It's all the more is growing. It's like right now in, in, in Eastern Europe, it's like now in Middle East, it's just growing. And uh, next one, can you just quick a few slides all the way to um, the end? All right, thank you, Iris. All right, please go home and read the scripture. Please, yes? Can you say that? I will do it. Okay. In short, in Greek, say amen. Amen. Just in case somebody says yeah, amen, just a, you know, a nonsense word. It, it means yes, agree, I will do it. <laughs> okay. Um, can you, uh, the, almost the last slide, uh, Irish, as, you know, where, where I have the, all the summary. Yeah. Yes, more. Devoted to fellowship, yes, continue until the end. Maybe you can move, jump to the almost the right. Uh, don't need to go one by one. You can jump to the almost the end of the slide. Uh, yes, uh, yes, okay. Uh, I just want to share this. Uh, okay, right here. Number one, commitment. What commitment is what we talk about? Commitment to assembly of a saint. Never forsake or neglect the assembly of a saint. Meeting together. I strongly encourage for those who are new in the Lord, make new habit, non-negotiable day on Sunday. Those who are owned in the Lord, adjust it if you can. I know, you know, scientifically speaking, after people pass uh, 30, 35, or 40, own habits stay, okay? But pray that the Lord will make, you know, a change in your lifestyle. Your thinking, corporate worship devoted to fellowship. Right, fellowship important. You know, after the service, don't just run away. Make time available for lunch. If you don't like lunch and coffee, you don't like coffee, then fellowship. Uh, if you are introvert, you don't need to join a big group. Pull out one or two. Say, hey, you, I'm open. I'm introvert. I just want small group. It's fine. It's good. You know, take a few people. Say, hey, can we hang out? Just a cup of coffee, two or three. Because if I will overwhelm a big group. Yeah, some people like that. I think um, my wife is one of them, <laughs> so she prefer a small group, right? Uh, I, I, I ambivert. I can scale from introvert to, uh, you know, to, to uh, 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 extrovert, and then I go to the cave, right? I go to uh, my quiet time. Uh, uh, staying for a year, doing the Word of God. You know, <coughs> sometimes people don't stay in one place because, I tell you what, they say one thing on Sunday, but they live their life Monday to Saturday differently. If you stay for one place, people know. <laughs> you know what? People know. This is why it's so difficult for the first Christian generation. Your parents know, yeah, I know you. Before that, you, you lied to me. You're you, you lazy. You wake up late. And now you come home and you want to tell about Jesus. Come on. You know? So they need to see your character change. They need to see your life being shaped by the Word of God. They need to see love, grace, mercy through you and in you, right? And so, so people don't want to stay for a year because they're not a doer of the Word. Especially those children I pray for parents. So they live in a home considered called Christian home, but very nominal, very religious. And, and they grow up, they become, you know, they think, oh, my parents are hypocrites. They don't practice during the week. They come to Sunday, they worship the hand, they say yes, amen, but they don't practice, really practice it. So the kid confused. And their faith is, is string low until you know, the Lord touched them and used them, even change, bring changes to their parents. 
So staying for a year means like you are do a practitioner of the word. Church hopping, committed to a life of servanthood. You know, sometimes people move church because the minute that they cannot stay for long because they don't want to serve. They want to be served. You understand? They come, people come in and tell me, Pastor, great sermon, aircon not so good. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm going to fix that, you know. Pastor, you know, great sermon, but the chair not quite comfortable. Mm. Can you fix the chair? I'm sorry for those who are big size. This chair is the best I can get already. Right? Uh, it, it's bouncy a bit. Right? <laughs> um, I, I hope that it can hold enough weight for some. I mean, I tested, so hopefully okay. Uh, uh, getting, uh, getting along with others, commit to the bonded together of love. You know, getting along with others is not about keeping, you know, a distant announcement, hey, keep Tesco. I don't, I don't talk about your stuff. You don't talk about mine. <laughs> we are peace, at peace. No, no, it's not about that. It's being real authentic. Brother, I think you sin in that area. And probably this, yeah, you sin in that area too. Yeah, so we pray together, right? We pray together. We pray for one another. That's supposed to getting along. Getting along in the church might be genuine, authentic, and real. And, 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 and praying prayerfully. Not like getting along in the office with politics. You know, some people say, yeah, I get along with my co- co-worker, colleague, because I keep my boundary. Yeah? I keep my boundary and politics. No. The church supposed there's no politics in the church. Should not. If you come from the, the church that, you know, that has a lot of politics and you assume this is the same, you know, no. You know, you don't have to want to please me or please anyone, you know. I'm here to serve. And you're here to serve too, not to be served. Right? If you knew the reason I teach foundation class here, so that you know me, uh, what I believe, you know everyone, so that you begin to get involved. Yeah? So that you can serve, right? So getting along with other com- committed to bonded together in love, in love. Uh, biblical oversight and accountability. I told this to my team. I cannot tell this to everyone. Uh, team member, ministry team, if you travel, please let me know. Not because I want in control, but just in case somebody asks me, like, hey, where's your sister come from? Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. If we got an accident, uh, I don't know. I can really appreciate a lot of you like traveling. Like, Pastor, this month I travel this and this and this. Communication. It's not like say stop it, don't do it. You know, it's like yeah, okay, I remember that you travel, you do this. Ah, the team know it is it's a it's a, it's a it's a peace, harmony, and prayerful, and at least accountability. And usually, if you, I I know the person, say who you go with if you're single. Yeah, I go with some female friends. Yeah. And maybe some hidden boyfriend, I don't know. Maybe come back hidden in the bed. Say, you're Russia. I, I will cast out demon on you. <laughs> I mean, you know. But, but, you know, just basically caring, right? Not controlling. If you want to do whatever you want and I don't need to know or I don't want to give into it, so be it. You know, don't need to tell me, right? But as a pastor, I, I want to care for you. And the team asked me, it's like your parents. My wife come home, where's my son? Um, I don't know. You know? Right? We don't want to be like that. So the church was caring. Sometimes people are mistaken for caring for controlling. You know, children, children, uh, Ignite Teen, if your parents ask you what to do on the day, they care for you. Like, uh, you know, daughter, uh, tell me your calendar of the week. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? I'm, uh, no, I'm care. Oh, I spent three hours online with my friend. So, uh, okay, reduce, reduce, reduce. Right? So caring. Are you still with me? Okay, um, um, biblical oversight, accountability, tithe and offering. I talked about this already. Your money and my money is not mine. It's not ours. 
is God resort. We are just simply a manager, steward, a steward of God resources, including time, resources, money, uh, relationship. You know, it's nothing about us. We don't own anything. God owns us. The minute that we say, Jesus is Lord and our Savior. Amen? All right. Spend about four minutes of reflection over this and leave this sites on for you. We have a short clip. You want to sh see a, a video? Are you okay for time? All right. Lunch can be delayed. Okay. Like, I think this clip is quite good, about four or five minutes. So let's play this clip. And before we go to the last slide, let's play the clip we are. It's quite a good one. It's spoken word. I put in the slide that you go to the link and you click there, there should be a clip, you know, you go to the... This is the story of how God Almighty went on an eternal search that was born of love and cost His blood, the story of His holy church. We were at first disembodied. Our limbs and bodies were active practitioners of misanthropy. We were fingers without hands, wrists with no arms, shoulders without chest, parts without form, heels with no foot, knees with no leg, toes with no step, appendages with no head. We were lost and stranded wanderers, doomed to die alone. But that was before God graciously left his throne. For eons ago, in the space and time where only eternity grows, the only truly unified body existed in divinity, and it is forever known as the Trinity. Now this celestial anatomy, this father, son, and spirit assembly, this family of one, yet panoply of many, is and was and will forever be the only hope for humanity. For it is and was and will forever be the only true embodiment of unity. So the perfect body, the perfection expression of the one of three, took up flesh and took on a mortal life, and he is and was and will forever be known as Christ. But for many, something didn't seem right. For if this Son, this God, this Savior, this King was the hope for the world, why is He dying on this tree? If He was to renew our bodies, why is His being torn apart? If He was to give us eternal life, why is His ending among thieves and guards? But these questions were asked by those who only see wounds as scars. For as he was torn, we were mended. As he was ashamed, we were perfected. As he was ripped, we were sewn. As he was opened, we were closed. And though the one true body is back on his throne, you may know that the one true body lives on here below. For his body did rise, yet in leaving it did not die, but lives on in in the church, the unified body of Christ. But it wasn't just for a body that God sent his son to die. It was for an eternal companion. It was for a bride. 
As it is written, it is for this reason that man shall leave his father and hold fast to his wife. So the son left the father, so that the two may become one flesh, may become one life. And though there is but one husband, we are of much flesh. Red and yellow, black and white, Baptist Lutheran Church of Christ. Yet no matter the color or affiliation of one of 10,000 racial, economical, or denominational stripes, when we became Christians, we left our fathers for the husband, and we all form the bride of Christ. For we were 10,000 weak, 10,000 undone, but now the church is becoming the bride, and 10,000 with Christ shall be made one. But God's goodness was not then done, his plan not yet complete, for he wanted to live with his new bride, so he made his wife a building. Now we are living stones, breathing bricks, laughing lumber, surviving sticks, built bit by bit, inch by inch, together with every Christian the groom admits. Together we knit one on top of the other as we submit around the pillars of the apostles and prophets, all coming to sit on the one foundation of Christ, the structures magnet. We are the church, the only building no force in heaven nor on earth could purge, the ark that holds the eternal God, the temple that trembles with his spirit's surge. And so I urge you, you body, you bride, you building, you church, to not abandon, profane, or neglect God's church, his perfect work. Fight boldly for the body, love deeply the bride, live holy in the building, for I tell you, we are for what Christ has died. We are the assembly of the saints, the congregation of the upright. We are where heaven inhabits. We are the fold of Christ. We are the branch of God's planting, the meeting of the firstborn. We are heaven and earth's family. We are the heritage of the Lord. We are the chosen people. We are the holy nation. We are the royal priesthood, God's special reclamation. We are the temple. We are the city. We are the vineyard, the sanctuary. We are the body. We are the bride. We are the building. We are the church. We are the construction of eternity's eternal holy work. So we will never dismember the flesh. We will never divorce the wife. We will never dismantle the house. We will never dismiss the price, but we'll lay everything down for our everlasting tribe. For we are the church. We are the people of Christ. I urge you.
um, spend about maybe uh, uh, four minutes, uh, five minutes, and, and in reflection. And um, for those who are teaching Ignite class, um, get yourself prepared. Uh, but right now we're going to have a, 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 you know, after the five minutes reflection, we're going to have a close uh, a summer, uh, a, 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 sorry, some announcement as well, right? Um, and also, uh, if you are new here, we just have, uh, you know, want to welcome you. So uh, make sure if you're new here, our usher would like to welcome you. Myself also want to greet you, but just spend uh, a couple minutes. Oh, Jesus, thank you for the church, that you are the one who have built and continue to build. Your word said that you, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gate of hell will not overcome it. And Lord, your eyes are on us, on the churches around the world, even those who are suffering churches in the war-torn zone or in the severely persecuted churches around the world, in Middle East, in different part of the world, in the mountain, in the jungle, in different part of the world, uh, even in, to a certain degree in, in Vietnam, in some part, somewhere. But Lord, you, you are the head of the church. You are the only foundation that the church is built on so that no one can build other uh, foundation. And Lord, you have given us the local body, the local church, so that we can be part of it. 
We can be members of the body of Christ. We can be, we can be, our sin can be exposed to bring restoration for prayer, for healing, for recovery, for transformation, for correction. All of that because of your love. All of that because of your grace, of your mercy. Lord, you call you you call yourself the holy God. Therefore, your people should be holy. You give us the holy Bible, the holy Scripture. You call us the holy nation, the holy priests, the holy follower of Jesus Christ. We don't need to be perfect. But we need to draw near to you. We need to repent of our sin. We need to hear your voice. We need to fellowship. We need to commit to devoted to fellowship. We need to commit to the assembly of the saints. Lord, everything that you have laid out for us, so that not only just we hear without doing, but we, when we hear, we do it. And Lord, I pray for those who are wandering or feeling like alone in this church, even that it's been for over years. And Lord, I I pray that we'll come out and have fellowship. Certain things need to be exposed. Certain need to be open. But Lord, I pray for those who are. Sometimes, for various reasons, hiding behind the online live stream. I pray that, Lord, they will be edified, they will be built up. But, Lord, nothing compared to the in-person meeting, nothing compared to be a, a 4D dimension interaction, uh, praying for one another and sharing life together. We are not an institution. We are the body of Christ, the assembly of the saints, the congregation of the upright. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for every single one of us here and those who are watching online. Today is a new day. We don't need to look back in the past and regret about it, but repent today, and we continue to have a new life in you as we journey together. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.